We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm Harrison Wynn. We are presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator. If you need to find out where to get a Breck Brew, just type in your zip code. Or if you're local, stop into the DNVR bar. We got tons of Breck Brew on tap. Uh, my guests on the Denver Sports Podcast today are Buffs reporter, beat writer, Jake Schwanitz. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, also, thanks to everybody who came over from the Buff Show that just ended. <laughs> yeah, what's up, chat? Jake, what just <laughs> happened? Can, can you take us through what just happened? Because I'm sitting over there. Yeah. You guys are waiting for an announcement of some kind. Yep. And then I could feel the vibes dip a little bit. Can, can you walk us through what, what happened? Well, okay. So right before we went live today... Uh, Jordan Seaton, who's a five-star offensive tackle. He's the top offensive tackle in this upcoming recruiting class. Number one. Yeah, he tweeted out a tweezer or a teaser, something like big announcement later today or whatever. And then there's a 20-minute countdown on his Instagram page. Okay. 20-minute countdown hit, nothing happened. We waited for like 40 minutes. Uh, the show went out, and then it comes out that he's going on an official visit to Ohio State. That was the news. We got that trolled. was the news. I don't know how you guys cover recruiting. It's, it's I could a wild, never wild world. do it. I could never do it. The, um, the recruiting sagas are part of the fun of it, though, because it, it just as often as you get burned, it comes around on the other side. Where it's just like, oh, wow, this guy right. just flipped and we just got this four or five star out of nowhere. Right. So do we think CU is still in play for him? Oh, yeah. What do you think him going to Ohio State means? He's just doing his due diligence or what? Yeah, he's been kind of going on his official visits to other schools. He's already been to Oregon and a few others. Okay. Uh, he already took his to CU. So I think he's just continuing to be recruited. Um, he never really put out a commitment date and early signing days on the 20th. So that's mm -hmm. 
I guess around the time we should expect something, but right. if he wants, he could take it all the way to National Signing Day in February. I wish he was uh, went to watch the Ohio State game last weekend. Oh, he would have he would have missed out. He would have uh, <laughs> taken them out of the top seven or something. <laughs> he might have. Embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, is he the type of guy that's just gonna come in and start from day one? Pretty is much. That how dominant he is. Yeah. He. I mean, he plays for IMG Academy, which okay. is like the big high school in uh, Florida. It's basically like a preparatory school for college football. Um, mm-hmm. So he starts there. Uh, he's played all over the offensive line. He's got the size. He's got power. Um, yeah, he's going to be basically a plug-and-play guy for whoever gets him. Hmm. Well, we'll um, we'll hope for the best. Yeah, <laughs> keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I did want to have you on, Jake, because, I mean, we just wrapped up first year of Coach Prime in Boulder. Yep. Nobody covered Coach Prime more. Nobody was there more than you were this year. So I just want to get your true, honest take about this year, what it was like to cover him and what we think might Mm. be in store for year two. Um, How do you sum up year one in Boulder under Coach Prime based off what you saw and experienced? Um, I mean, I guess where I'd start is there's no doubt that this program is on the up. Um, I mean, there really was nowhere to go but up after the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. And... I, I said it after the Oregon game. I said it a few times this season, but it's a season of perspective, I think. Um, there are a lot of expectations placed on this team, um, I think, by the fan base before the season started, and then they got off to a hot start, and the national media kind of hopped on and threw even more expectations on the plate. So there was a lot of inflation in terms of the actual expectations, but there's no doubt that this team is better. Uh, they've got two of the best players in the entire country in Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter. Um, there's some things that need to be figured out. And there's some things that are kind of, I guess, normal. If you look at what Coach Prime has done at Jackson State, Sure, he changed offensive coordinators every year out there. Um, he likes to shuffle around the coaching staff. It's going to be dramatic in terms of the recruiting and transfer portal. It's already been that this year, and the portal's not even open. So... Um, perspective has been the big word for me this entire season, mm-hmm. but we're on the up. You, you covered the one and 11 team. <laughs> I did. You were there for last season. Um, I guess, did you, uh, uh, what was just kind of the biggest change from the, uh, the feeling around that team to like this team at the start of the year obviously mm-hmm. we we know how different things were but going from that season to the start of this season what was that feeling like i mean <laughs> hard no to hope to just you know endless amounts of it yeah basically i mean when i started it was like the middle of fall camp uh, in 2022 and i knew the team was going to be bad i knew Durrell was probably going to be fired and that you know, there'd be a new coach coming in and there'd be at least a chance for something to change. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, after that first game, they opened against TCU in Folsom Field and it was a close first half and it was like, all right, well, maybe something's going on. And then it was a blowout and it felt like the season ended that night on the first night, really. Uh, like all hope was lost and we were just kind of waiting it out to see what would happen to the coaching staff. Right. So... The contrast is, I mean, it couldn't have been more different, I guess. Yeah. Because going into this year, it was all hope, excitement, um, just a lot of energy, like passion back in the fan base. 
Um, and just the players coming in, like I was excited just to watch Travis Hunter and Shador play football, really. Yeah. Couldn't say I was excited to really watch anyone in 2022. Yeah, for sure. To go back to week one of the season, mm -hmm. Colorado TCU, you yeah. guys were there, right? Yep. What were you thinking after they beat TCU? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> that was, I mean, so this is only my second season, but that was without a doubt the coolest thing like I've ever got to cover. Right. Um, just there were three touchdown underdogs going into that game. You know, we talked about them winning about winning that game and there being a legitimate chance. But when it actually happened, it was just like, I mean, everything kind of changed at that point. It did. It's funny looking back now, obviously, just knowing how the season ended. But it felt like there this might be an actual chance to do some damage this season. It felt like a bowl game was, if not guaranteed, like as close to guaranteed as possible. Yeah. Um, and just that they skipped a few, lot of steps, basically, in that one off season. Uh, and just the outpouring of emotion from the players just what they went through because i mean they were dogged on all off season and then i was mm -hmm. it was just a lot of joy for the guys that stuck around like michael harrison's crying in the locker room after the win all he's done yeah. at cu the last three four years before that was lose so to have that big game and that big win um it was really amazing honestly i was trying to think back to just what the hype was like mm -hmm. heading into that game and I remember I rolled into the DNVR bar. Yeah, it was just packed. Derek White was here, you know, so some other celebrities in in the crowd as well. Yep. Um, I had never been like, I can't remember the last time I was that excited for mm -hmm. a CU game. And like I've I've been through some terrible CU years. Sure. I mean, when I was at University of Colorado, it was actually like worse than the Carl Durrell years, if you can believe yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but just the pure hype was it was almost like I've never experienced anything like that, man. It was a perfect storm. Like Travis yeah. played out of his mind. Shador was literally the best quarterback in the country that weekend. Mm -hmm. And then Dylan Edwards just like explodes onto the scene, has like a long touchdown. Yeah. Um, the offensive line played pretty well. Like, I don't know. It all just came up CU that day. Uh, and it does suck that it was the highlight of the season, I guess, looking back. But man, it was one hell of a highlight still. Yeah. I mean, the next week wasn't bad either. Oh, no. <laughs> when Nebraska rolled into town, we were all pretty confident they were going to just crush Nebraska. Yeah. Especially after how easily they scored against TCU. And then that's kind of exactly what happened. What do you kind of just remember about the Nebraska week and, and that game? That was like a, another big release, too, because Nebraska's obviously gone through a lot of stuff as well. And um, while they haven't, I guess, been as low as CU has in previous years, there's yeah. just a lot of build up to that matchup. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, smack talk on the field, especially before. That's when the Shador oh, yeah. was invented. That's when the Shador was invented. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, just the, the rivalry just felt alive again, too. Uh, not that it was dead, but I mean, they hadn't played for like three, four years. And, yeah. you know, to have Coach Prime and both teams having new coaches and just this new kind of momentum for both of them heading into that game um, and having it play out the way it did. I mean, we were on top of the world literally for a few weeks back then in September, yeah. man. I mean, and then it continued. Yeah. CSU week three. That is actually the game 
where I feel like the most people were watching. Mm -hmm. Like, that's actually the game where, like, I roll over to Ball Arena for a Nuggets game and everybody is just talking about the CU-CSU game. Yep. Like, that, that felt like even a new level if, if that was possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it was the last game on a Saturday, I believe. Yeah, it, it finished at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, it was late as hell. Uh, but it had all the drama. I mean, there was like a comeback at the end, and there was like another mini CU comeback at the end. Then it went to overtime, and it was all just amplified by the Travis hit and injury too, I think. That's right. Um, that, I think, is what really kicked that game up a notch. At, maybe not at a national level, but at least for the local level. At a local us. level, for sure. Yeah. Like, that ignited the rivalry right there. Uh, no matter who won that game or what happened, you know, in the outcome of that game, that moment, I feel like, really brought some juice back to the Rocky Mountain Showdown, um, yeah. invigorating both fan bases and just the quality of the game, too. I mean, it was a rivalry game full stop. Like, there were penalties all over the place. Um, guys were just flying around, big plays, and then it goes right down to the wire. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it's all about when you think about rivalry games. What's the moment from those first three weeks that stands out to you more than anything else when you kind of just look back on it, whether it's a play, just kind of a sequence, something you saw, a post-game or, or whatnot. Is there one moment that sticks out from those first three weeks? The TCU post-game was pretty amazing. When uh, uh, <laughs> when Deion Sanders calls out, <laughs> who was Werder, it? Ed Werder. Ed Werder, ESPN, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah, that was when the you don't believe quote hit. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You could tell Coach was just feeling himself in that moment, oh too, God. obviously. Yeah. But uh, just like, I mean, I already kind of He probably got to that press conference early. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> he ready. He was like, I'm running here. <laughs> he was ready for it, man. There was just so much uh, doubt and so much hate that this team dealt with in the offseason. Yeah. And to be able to kind of just, you know, put a middle finger in the face of the haters in that moment, uh, that was it's still, I think, the best moment of the season for me. Love it. I want to hit a break. Then I want to ask you about what we think is going to happen um, the remainder of the offseason and what we think is in store for year two under Coach Prime and Boulder. Uh, first, I've got to tell you guys about Bet365. Uh, guys, download the Bet365 app. Use code DNVR365 when you sign up. Something really cool that Bet365 does is we have our own custom bets on there. So you can log on to the app. A lot of times there will be a ride with DNVR bet. You can bet along with us. Those are bets we like that day or for that game. You guys can bet with us and win with us. Uh, so download the Bet365 app. Use code DNVR365 when you sign up. They got a lot of other great offers going on right now as well. Um, you can get the NBA early payout offer right now. Get your straight bets paid out. Our parlay selections marked as winners when your team goes up by 20 points. And then, boom, you get paid out right then. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, the presenting sponsor of this show, Stop into the DNVR bar. We got a Nuggets game tonight. If you're in town looking for something to do, Nuggets at Suns. It's a late one, 8 p.m. national TV. But the bar is going to be packed as well. It's going to be a great vibe here. Always got tons of Breck Brew on tap as well. Uh, so stop in if you want to 
you know, drink some beers with us tonight, watch the Nuggets. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the beer locator, BreckenridgeBrewery.com. Just type in your zip code. It tells you exactly where to get Breck Brew, no matter where you are. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast, Harrison Wind and Jake Schwanitz from DNVR Buffs. What do we think is going to happen next season? Oh, man. <laughs> I know it's so hard to tell, especially in a situation like this, because you've got the whole recruiting aspect. You've yep. got the transfer portal that is going to really shape this team probably over the next few weeks. But just from your best guess, how you see it right now, what, what's kind of your read on how things look in year two? So, I mean, there's still some things for certain that are going to happen. Shador's coming back. Mm-hmm. Travis is going to be here, obviously. Coach Prime is going to be here. Um, they're going to be in the Big 12, and there's going to be a lot of new players coming in. So I think a foundation was set this season. Um, I think they will be a better football team. I think that they will, they're going to have to go get better offensive linemen. Their left tackle just entered the portal today. I saw so that. you're going to need, for sure now, new linemen. We knew that was already going to happen, though. It was Coach Prime's mission this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be kind of a homecoming of sorts, going back to the Big 12, getting yeah. to play a lot of schools that CU traditionally played when they were in the Big 8 and the Big 12 before they went to the pack. So it's going to be, I think, nostalgic for some people, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun year, I think, as well. I mean, the Big 12 has evolved into being one of these uh, more kind of like what the Pac-12 was before it fell apart, this like high-octane explosive league. There's a lot of scoring in the Big 12 now, a lot of fast offenses. Um, but it's going to be a lot of change coming through Boulder these next few weeks and months especially. So... The entire roster pretty much turned over, you mm-hmm. know, last year to this past season. Is it going to be like that again? No. Can it even be like that again? No, it can't. So because of the transfer portal rules, all the guys who basically came in last offseason are, I don't want to say they're stuck here, but if you want to transfer again, you're going to need a waiver. Okay. Um, and we, Tyler Brown is an offensive lineman. He came in from Jackson State. He would have been starting left guard this year, but he had waiver issues, Mm -hmm. so he had to sit out. So a lot of guys would face that issue this year if they wanted to leave after transferring in last offseason. So it's a lot of guys who kind of stuck around, which is why you saw Gerard Christian Lichtenhan, or we call him Tank, enter the portal this year. Uh, He can freely transfer wherever. Um, So you might see some guys who did come in, like graduated, and when you graduate, you can automatically transfer. Anyways, long story short, not nearly as There's many There's not going to be as much turnover. No, I'd yeah. say maybe 20 to 30-ish at the, okay. to- at the tops, but it's not going to be 75 again Yeah, for sure. When it comes to the offensive line, though, like we started the show talking about Jordan Seaton, how big of a commitment that would be because, boom, you just plug and play him, yep. left tackle, you're set. You got Tyler Brown as mm-hmm. well. Is it actually way more difficult to get linemen through the portal because that's what i see everywhere like oh it's you know that's going to be coach prime's toughest task because going through the portal it's just tougher to get linemen is Mm -hmm. there truth to that and how much can they improve the line next season yeah i mean there's truth to it but it's at the same time the transfer portal is changing so much and is becoming 
a more and more uh, legitimate way to build your football team that yeah. other guys are just going to enter the portal who are more ready to play right away than would be in like previous years. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like for sure. Offensive line is also just a weird position. Like the NFL is an offensive line position or a problem too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just not enough good offensive linemen. All the athletes are going on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, look at the edge rushers these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys who are 6'5", 230, 240 are playing on the edge. Um, and they're really tough to block. Yeah. No matter how big you are, how athletic you are on the offensive line. So there's a developmental issue, I think, in college football at this mm-hmm. point in time. Not Guys aren't being developed along the offensive line um, to the levels to match these defensive linemen. But as I said, same point, like there's going to be more guys who are just better offensive linemen entering the portal now than before. Interesting. Um, the portal, I think it went, there's only like a few hundred players who would enter it a few years ago. Last year, I think it was like a thousand or like 1500, yeah. if not more. And it's going to keep growing like that as we kind of progress through this age of college football. So uh, there's going to be some players worth grabbing in the portal on the offensive line for sure. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they're going to try and do it again, like a, build a whole offensive line out of the portal. So. so I'm not familiar with the depth on CU's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Do they have anybody coming back that could be in play, or do you think it's just going to be all new guys on the offensive line? No, there's some guys in play. Like Tyler Brown will be right, there. Right. Um, Van Wells, who was their starting center the last two years, actually, he got hurt in the last game against Utah, but he's – been a pretty decent uh, center for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Savion Washington, I think, is still at right tackle. So there's some pieces that you can work with, and there's guys you know who are going to have eligibility who are on last year's team that stick around. But the fact of the matter is the top-end talent just needs to be better on their offensive line. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see... I don't know, at least five, six, seven, maybe eight new offensive linemen coming in this mm-hmm. offseason. Where do you think that CU's other biggest holes are in terms of positions they really need to target to fill this mm-hmm. offseason. Well, trenches on the other side of the ball, of Defensive course, too. Line. Yeah. Uh, really just the front seven defensively. Uh, linebacker, I think they could get a lot better at. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, I mean, Jordan Dominic was a decent pass rusher for them, but they don't really have that premier guy, that guy that can be. A game wrecker, you know, you look to him when the game's on the line to get a turnover or get a sack. So you get better there. Um, a lot of it, too, actually, is just coaching staff. Like, they're going to be replacing a few coaches. Right. Um, they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. I mean, they could just stay with the guys they have within. So those are going to be the areas, I think, of most improvement. Um, you know, Shador's got to get better in some areas, too. I think he's got to get rid of the ball uh, quicker. He's got to be more efficient in his decisions and just... Um, looking out for himself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, I think, could still get better on both sides of the ball. Uh, a lot of guys. I mean, this is a young team at, at the end of the day. The core right. is very, very young. So right. there's still growth to happen. Right. You mentioned the coaches, and there's going to be definitely some turnover in the assistant coaching ranks. We know Sean Lewis is gone. Mm-hmm. How much turnover just coaching staff in general do you expect not too much um coach prime has his guys mm-hmm. so like coach flea he coaches running backs that's also your assistant head coach um him and 
uh, Coach Hart, who coaches linebackers, Coach Mathis, who coaches uh, corners. Those guys go way, way back. Right. So that, that's your core that's going to kind of be there. I think Coach Williams, Nick Williams on the defensive line, mm -hmm. has emerged as like a really good young coach. He's a great recruiter as well. Um, coach Bartoloni, who's actually the offense coordinator at Jackson State last year in 2022, is the wide receivers coach now. He could be someone who could be the offensive coordinator, but if not, I mean, this is another young coach who, again, has proved it that he can do it as a recruiter as well. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Coach Sal on defensive line, he's a guy who's kind of getting up there, getting older, and maybe he moves on. They're going to get a new offensive line coach most likely as well. Mm -hmm. Coach O'Boyle came in with Sean Lewis too, so there will be some movement. I mean, maybe one guy, you know, gets a great offer to go be a DC at a Power 5 program or something and leaves, mm -hmm. but... Um, not nearly as much as with the roster. You'll see the change on the coaching staff. Do you think not having an offensive coordinator right now affects recruiting mm -hmm. at all? Or are people just rec coming to Colorado for Coach Prime? Uh, yes and no, for sure. Uh, there are guys who just want to come play for Coach Prime. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the meat of the recruiting, though, you're going to need an offensive coordinator. Uh, Sean Lewis is also the quarterback's coach, right. too. So you, you don't have a quarterback's coach right now. Um, as I just said, Bill Boyle was tied to Sean Lewis, so you don't really have an offensive line coach, too. That's where all the decommitments kind of came along. Mm -hmm. It was the quarterbacks, uh, it was the wide receiver, and it was the offensive line. So it's going to need – they got to figure it out pretty quickly. But, you know, looking at the calendar now, it's December 1st. Coach Prime wasn't hired here until the third of last year. So that's right. And games are still being played on Saturday. So there's still a little bit of time, but it is something that's got to be worked out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hit another break. Want to ask you some more questions about what you think is in store for year two in Boulder under Coach Prime after this. Guys, if you're looking for a great gift for maybe a family member, maybe your dad and uncle. Check out Breck Distillery, Breckenridge Distillery, Breckenridge Bourbon, um, best bourbon around. It makes a great holiday gift uh, for, like I said, maybe your dad, maybe an uncle, something like that. Just really anybody. Breckenridge Distillery is the world's highest distillery founded in 2008. Uh, they're most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American style whiskey. Breckenridge Bourbon, it's one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the entire country. Um, Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all 50 states, so you guys can shop your local retailer, or you can even visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com. They do delivery as well. So again, if this is for a present for somebody, go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com, pick out some bourbon, ship it wherever you want. Uh, they're an award-winning spirit. Great product all around. Also, guys, if you're one of those people who are, you know, running around, you don't have time to cook, you're working a lot, you got a busy schedule, check out Factor Meal Kits. I got sent a bunch of these Factor Meal Kits a couple weeks ago. I think I got like seven in the mail from Factor. Seven days later, they were gone. These things are good. Uh, they're pre-made, and you just stick them in the microwave for two minutes. Boom. They're done right after that. Um, they got a lot of great options, too. You can go to their website. Uh, pick out exactly what you want. Go, you can go to factormeals.com slash DNVR50. Factormeals.com slash DNVR50. Use that code to get 50% off your order. 
factormeals.com slash dnvr50. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast, Harrison Wind and Jake Schwanitz. Jake, what else do you think is going to be different about this Buffs program heading into year two? Obviously, there's going to be some different players, coaches. Like, What else do you think is going to change around the team or change when it comes to just the feel around the team heading into next year? Well, they're getting new uniforms for sure. Okay. Um, so they're going to have – they're going to be decked out in some kind of Nike stuff. Uh, obviously, Coach Prime has the ties, you know, with the shoes and all that. And yeah. he's tight with uh, – I can't remember his name, but the the guy who runs the whole thing, the Oregon guy. What's Phil his name? Knight. Phil Knight. Phil Thank Knight? you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to happen. Uh, we're getting a new video board at Folsom Field. That's I mean, you big. know. Dude, <laughs> the sound system at Folsom Field is – it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like embarrassing, man. <laughs> it's like when you when, at Ball Arena for a while, because I covered the Nuggets, uh-huh. the microphones there are so bad where, like, you give a player a mic a lot of times when they're addressing the crowd or whatnot. You just don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. I feel like it was the same thing a lot at Folsom Field where they're doing a presentation or whatnot, and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear this, but yep. here we go. Pretty much. No, I was about to say that too, though. I think I heard the worst sound system in the entire world on Wednesday, though, at when CSU? I went to Moby for CSU. Yeah, really. I mean, it's this tiny little gym, and I'm sitting up there, and I can't—I literally couldn't make out a single word they were saying. <laughs> it literally sounded like the the teacher from like uh, you know Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. Um, well, that's but, gonna be huge. Yeah, new things for 2024. Um, What's your favorite uniform combo? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, the first ones of the year, the TCU ones, like the new uh, the new whites were dope. Yes, they were. Um, I mean, of course, the traditional, you know, gold, black, black against CSU was really good. I did like the, was it ASU, the gold face mask game? The gold ASU, face the mask, gold face yeah. mask game was nice. Um, I mean, I like the, when did they bring out the silvers too? The new silvers. Not the Oregon State game? No, Nebraska was, was black that? and white. What was Colorado State? That was gold, black, black. Oh, that's right. That's right. They brought out some like different looking uh, silver ones that I thought were pretty cool too. I, I mean, there wasn't a single uniform combination that I really didn't dislike, but um, I'm excited for next year. What are the um, Big Twelve cities you're most excited to visit? So we're going to Orlando next year. Okay. I'm hoping that just happens later in the year. So that Wait, we what's get in Orlando? UCF. Oh, my God. That's yeah. right. Okay. So we go to UCF next year. Um, I'm excited to go back to TCU whenever that happens. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think all time most looking forward to is West Virginia going to Morgantown. That's going to be a crazy environment. Yeah. Places like that. Stillwater. Yeah. Like where... I mean, no one goes to Stillwater to go to Stillwater, well, that's right? That's the thing about going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Pac-12, the schools are located in destination cities. Yes. You know, Seattle, L.A. <laughs> yes. Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, I guess Phoenix is coming to the Big 12, I too. mean, Cal is, you know, close to San Francisco or Oakland. You go to Big 12 cities only for that school. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is there for any other reason, you know? Yep. So the environments, I feel like, are going to be wild. Exactly. So that's I'm excited to see those. Um, 
Yeah, we actually go to Lincoln next year, Nebraska. It's an out-of-conference game, but I'm excited right. to go just see what that's all about. That's going to be wild. So, I mean, all those – it's really just those schools, like you said, going to Kansas State, uh, going to Iowa State, just to – because those are true football fans. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they don't have an NFL team – or really any other kind of pro team to rally right. around. It's all about those teams. So the, the fans are super passionate. Uh, and that's just what makes college football great. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What's been your reaction to um, some of the headlines about the recruits who have been decommitting? Mm-hmm. Because every time I see one, I kind of freak out a little bit. Sure. And then I go on Twitter and everybody's freaking out there. But then I listen to your guys' podcast, and you're trying to reassure everybody. So what's been your reaction to all of it? I mean, they're not gr- I'm not going to sit up here and lie and tell you, like, everything's fine and dandy. It's not great to get decommitments. Um, but when they're decommitments for the 2025 class, which is still over a year away from signing on True. the dotted line, it's like, what's, kind of, what's the point of freaking out at this uh, point in time? It's just not really worth it. But also... Just with the way Coach Prime recruits and how last offseason went, um, there's always another side. There's always someone else who's going to flip to you. Um, And kids just want to play here. Mm -hmm. So no matter who you lose, you're going to have someone ready to step up and come in. And a lot of these decommitments were because of the coaching staff instability. A few of them just straight up said it. Um, Winston Watkins was the big wide receiver one. He's the one that I think worried people the most because he was Coach Prime's first commitment. And when he decommitted, he said, basically, I didn't, I don't know if Coach Prime's going to be here when I get there. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie and tell you not to freak out. But at the same time, kids are always just going to want to come here and play for Coach Prime. Yeah. And once they get this situation figured out with the offensive coordinator and they get their full coaching staff again, um, it's going to be just like this time last year where you just start to see their name associated with way more recruits and transfers than you will be with uh, recruits and transfers who don't want to come here. Yeah. So, And also, man, it's pretty obvious how Coach Prime is going to operate here mm-hmm. in Boulder for as long as he's here, whether that's like three years or five years or ten years. I can't imagine that there's ever going to be like it's never going to be like Alabama, I don't think, where like you bring in a five-star freshman, he doesn't play, and then he works his way up through right. the ranks. I've got to think that for as long as he's here, you're going to be looking at the transfer market and the portal for mm-hmm. most of your impact guys year to year. Yeah, you'll have some guys coming up through the ranks, but to me, the portal is just always going to be a way bigger emphasis than getting guys here and developing them. Yeah. Do you kind of see it the same way? I do. Um, You're going to have to shift to, you know, the more developmental side of things. If he plans on being here for a long time, that he's just going to have to inevitably shift to that strategy. But he's been upfront that like one, he's not hard to find. Obviously he loves the whole recruiting thing, but two, he's all about the NFL and getting Mm -hmm. kids to the NFL and Going into the portal and trying to get those guys who maybe felt like didn't get the best opportunity at their other school or were kind of hidden on the depth chart at these places like your Alabamas and Clemsons and stuff like that and giving them an opportunity to really show that they can play here at Colorado 
is going to be the recruiting pitch for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of building a program long-term, you need to develop. You're going to need to stack classes, really. Yeah. But as you said, for what it is right now, it's a legitimate strategy. How long do you think he is in Boulder for? Oh, man. It's the million-dollar question. It really is. Uh, so we're getting this year for sure. Um, his daughter is still on the basketball team. She was just a freshman last year, Shell am I. So we got at least two more years of that. Um, I don't know. He signed a five-year contract. Yeah. I do think CU would be in their best interest, obviously, but I do think they want to try and at least give him a raise, an extension of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, he really loves CU, I think, though. Like, he has built a legitimate, like, strong relationship with Rick George, the AD. Um, you know, he's latched on to people like Peggy. Like, yeah. uh, just he gets full control here at Colorado. And if you go to somewhere in the SEC where you're run by a bunch of boosters and you have to answer to, uh, you know, all of them and just uh, a different AD who maybe has a different type of outlook than Rick George does, that changes yeah. a lot of things. And that's who Coach Prime is. Like, he wants to do it his way. He's not going to bend to your rules and try and do it your way to make you happy. Mm-hmm. He's his own. He's always been his own dude, and he's going to do it his way. So uh, <laughs> I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I don't know. No, I mean, I don't think anybody knows, so it's not a cop-out. Um, when he was just named Sportsman of the Year, one of the quotes in there mm-hmm. was that he's found his calling. Mm-hmm. I think that was the quote. And that, to me, like, sums up why this might be the spot for him. Because I'm with you, man. I don't think him going to an SEC school or him going to a powerhouse, I, because I think for him it's about more than like winning a national championship. It's about him doing it his way and mm-hmm. winning a national championship. Yep. And he can't do it his way at some of those schools. He can do it his way at Colorado. I agree with everything you said there. I think Colorado is a unique situation where he can operate how he wants to and run things how he wants to. And that is what I think he actually really wants. Well, and Harrison, the other thing, too, is Coach Prime loves challenges. Yes. Like, go back and look at his career in the NFL. Um, obviously, he went to Atlanta. Like, he loved it there. And he had to leave there. He wanted to win. So he went and won. But then it wasn't just good enough to win in Dallas. He had to go do it somewhere else, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the challenge of bringing CU back really appeals to him. Because... Mm-hmm. When CU was at the top of, you know, their uh, game back in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, that's when he was in college. Like, he was plenty of aware what CU was, you know, as a force. And I think that he views the challenge of bringing them back to that point and truly leaving the university in a better spot than it was when he got there is what appeals to him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hit one last break, just a quick one. On the other side, some more predictions for uh, year two under Coach Prime. Guys, it's the winter here in 
this hemisphere. <laughs> uh, it's cold outside, but you still need Shady Rays. That snow can be pretty bright. Yeah. Uh, our friends at Shady Rays, they've got you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Go to ShadyRays.com. Just go to their website, browse their collection. No matter what style of sunglass you wear, no matter what color you want, Shady Rays, they have you covered. They've got a style for everybody. You can also shop uh, in the Park Meadows Mall. They have a location there. Uh, if that's more your thing, or you can go to shadyrays.com. If you don't love her, uh, if you don't love your pair of shady rays right away, that's fine. You can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days, no questions asked. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays; they've always got you back. So, you can go to shadyrays.com, use the code DNVR, get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Code DNVR, 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast with Harrison Wynn. I'm joined by Jake Schwanitz from DNVR Buffs. Last couple of questions I got for you. Do you think there's going to be even more hype heading <laughs> into next season than there was last year? Or have some people soured enough on Coach Prime that they're not going to be buying into it as much? Yeah, um, I think a little bit of both, really. Uh, I do think that there are a lot of people who saw the 3-0 start and then saw the 1-8 finish mm -hmm. and are like, no, this guy's, you know, he can't coach all this stuff. They're, they're just going to be completely out for forever. But <laughs> the out-of-conference schedule is basically the same. I mean, you don't have TCU, but you're going to have opportunities to beat your rivals again in Nebraska yeah. and Colorado State. And I think to build momentum there, I mean, you saw how quickly the national media kind of latched onto them this last season. Yeah, it, Big it Noon set up a permanent set. In they Boulder. were there for like four weeks, bro. <laughs> Three weeks in a row. And then four out of five. Um, or three so, out of yeah. four. And then I do think they're going to get some, quite a few commitments through the portal and recruiting that are going to open some eyes and kind of bring people back onto the bandwagon. Um, they're going to be in a conference that's honestly just not as tough uh, right. this year. I mean, the Pac-12 was probably the best year ever for How the Pac-12. How funny is it that the Pac-12 was this dominant conference in its last year of existence, man? It, it shows how important <laughs> leadership is, bro. Yeah. Like, if you lead it, the leadership of the Pac-12 wasn't able to capitalize on this season in Coach Prime. Yeah. And it's going to go down as one of the just biggest fumblings of the bag in sports Probably. history yeah so um but to answer your question i do think that there's gonna i mean maybe it's different for year two to year one maybe it's just not as much hype but i do think we're gonna see the hype machine getting back rolling very soon what was it last year where you looked at like the top 10 most watched games and like five yeah. of them were colorado games uh -huh. it was something like that it wasn't exactly that but in that ballpark yeah I think that aspect of it is going to be the same next year. Oh, definitely. I think people will be tuning in every single week. Coach Prime fans, Colorado fans, and Coach Prime haters. I, I think the viewership will be there week to week. I think maybe there will be a little less hype in terms of just, just how it was this last season. Um where it felt like the biggest story in the country for the first three weeks of it. it. It really did. Like it was the biggest sports story I've ever seen and mm -hmm. been close to. I think from that aspect, it might be a little down, but the viewership 
the interest, I think, will still be there. I think viewership will be better next year. Probably, yeah. I mean, they had they were stuffed on the Pac-12 network three times this year. Um, and one of them was a win over Arizona State. The one uh, this last weekend against Utah. And then I think it was uh, UCLA, I want to say. Either, either way, they won't have to deal with that. They'll be on Fox or ESPN every single weekend yeah. in 2024 and beyond, frankly. So that's going to help viewership. Um, these guys are just going to be draft eligible, Travis and Shador next year. So I think people right. are going to be wanting to watch them. I think they're going to be better. Uh, I think they're going to have more talent around them. So there's just going to be more reason to watch. And honestly, the losses just hurt CU this yeah. year. Like if you just don't drop one of or uh, eight of your last nine, like viewership probably keeps on skyrocketing throughout the season. So. Yeah. Um, last question for you. I mean, what are your realistic impressions for the program next season? I'm, I've got to think bowl game is where mm -hmm. it starts. But you think about the talent coming back, Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, some of the other skill position guys. Best case scenario and also your realistic expectations of how good they can be. Best case scenario and most realistic is they compete for the conference title next year. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where Coach Prime's just going to flat out set the expectation going into 2024. I think he's going to want to win the Big 12. Um, I think he's, you know, determined to see Travis or Shador, or you could throw Dylan in there too, in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. Um, so. I really do think they're motivated in how they're going to attack the portal and recruiting this offseason here. Uh, they know that it's a massive opportunity going into this conference. You know, Utah's still going to be there. Uh, Kansas State's still a good football team. But, you know, you're not going to have to worry about the Oregons and the Washingtons and the USC's just that are loaded with top-tier talent constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's going to be an opportunity to win the title, the conference title next season, and that's, I think, where we should really kind of set the bar. Nice. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, sitting down with me. Of and, course, uh, dude. It was great. Educating me on the state <laughs> of the buffs and what we should look forward to next season. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to those of you who came over from the buffs pod as well. Really appreciate that. If you're uh, still here, give us a quick thumbs up. Uh, before you head out really helps the pod and uh, helps us grow the channel as well thanks for tuning in to the denver sports podcast i'll be back next week with another guest thanks for watching guys talk to you then